unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel, and a very special guest today. David, I'm going to turn it over to you and play a fly on the wall and let you introduce our guest today. Sounds great, Nathan. Okay, so chances are very good you've heard our guest before, maybe on ABC News or CNBC or Howard Stern, or if you've ever called Citibank. On the phone, hers is the familiar voice you hear before you get to a live person. And chances are just as good that you've heard at least one of her students and clients speaking too. In fact, I know you've heard at least one of them in this very podcast because Agora Financial, which Joe Schriefer heads up, is one of her clients. Now, she's a speaking coach and Susan Berkeley is an amazing speaking coach. And there are a lot of speaking coaches and voice coaches. And I know because I used to be one of them and it was not nearly as good as Susan is, I'll quickly admit. But precious few speaking coaches these days are also masters of persuasion. And more important, masters of teaching others to be persuasive. And that is especially important to copywriters and direct marketers who are involved in any form of copy that goes audio or video. Things like webinars, video sales letters, even radio and TV ads, and and of course, podcasts, right? So Susan, welcome. Hey, David, it's a pleasure. I love your podcast, by the way. I've been listening on the stealth. You do a terrific job. Thank you. Great pleasure to be here. I appreciate that, especially coming from you. And, Uh, you know, before we get the interview, I want to mention a couple of other things. One is Susan is author of Speak to Influence, How to Unlock the Hidden Power of Your Voice. And the second thing I want to mention, this is the part where I unlock the hidden power of my voice. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance, business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Susan, thanks so much for making the time to be with us. I knew I wanted to get to know you better the minute I heard you on the Agora Financial Copy Call. And I'm so glad you agreed to join us in the podcast. So let's dig right in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Chapter 12 of your book, Speak to Influence, includes a section on the three steps to empathy. Now, if there's one thing the world needs more of right now, it's empathy. Don't you think so? Absolutely. You know, what's so interesting, and the more I'm working with copywriters and the best copywriters in the world, the more I see the link between Spoken communication and written communication, yet people make, seem to think they're two completely different things. They're not. So empathy is empathy is empathy, whether you're talking about it or whether you're writing about it. Uh, and it, it really is job one for every single communicator. Because uh, you know what, David? The first thing that the writer or the speaker needs to do is to really focus in on the avatar. 
You yep. cannot start writing for yourself, for your own uh, you know, mental pleasure, if you know what I mean. And I think a lot of hack writers do. And okay. the, the, very, the very best writers... I'm so glad you didn't say mental masturbation. Oh, yeah. you said, you see, I'm a lady. I wasn't going to say I know, that. I'm not a lady. <laughs> Thank you for doing that for me. I appreciate it. Not for me. You know, what I mean? this, uh, this is going to get really Okay. Bad, <laughs> this shows that you really were on Howard Stern. Yeah. Okay. So please go on. Okay. All right. So the point is that, that, every great communication starts with the avatar. It starts with the other person, mm-hmm. not with you and your, you know, your brilliance or any, any, whether it's the speaker or the writer. So everybody, I mean, this is, you've probably heard this really trite saying before, but everybody's tuned to the same radio station, which is WIIFM. What's in it for me? Yes. So as a great copywriter writes, after every single line, he or she is thinking, yeah, yes, and, and what does that do for me, right? right. So for a great speaker, it's the same thing. Yes. So we should be so dialed in in every conversation, every presentation, that we completely even forget about ourselves, that we are ruled by a desperate desire to communicate mm-hmm. something of value to our listener to our reader. So that's the step number one for increasing empathy. And Mm -hmm. in the spoken communication, and especially in VSLs, which we'll talk a little bit about later, and this is a great secret and tip I bring to everybody from the world of voiceover and radio, is that after every, every thought, you do need to listen for a response and pause and internally recognize how how the listener or the reader is feeling. And this is all mental. It's almost telepathic. But you should be so focused on the other person that that feedback is coming back to you through your copy and communications all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, what a great idea. I I know there's a third step, but let me interrupt you. This is so great because I've always thought about that. I've never heard anybody speak about it as completely and plainly and clearly as you have. And I certainly do that in writing. And up until now, I really haven't done that in speaking. I'm going to start. I mean, you've, you've just like made this podcast worth thousands of dollars with that one point. So thank you, Susan. You're welcome. I owe you. You're welcome. So I'll give you my address. You can send royalty checks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what's the third step? Okay. Well, actually, the second step is psychological obligation. And that means that's all the free stuff we give away and in the mm-hmm. best packages. And I, I have all the, the great swipe files. You know, Brian Kurtz is, is my mentor. So he just, when I joined his mastermind, boom, he, he gave me a huge package of all, all those great um, boardroom packages where what they always did in their Magalogs was offer just a little taste of what the thing was. So when you read the letter or you read that Magalog, you felt like you, well, I really, it was worth my time. I really came along with it, away with at least one or two actionable items. Although I'm still trying to find out what you never, ever should eat on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to find it. And of course, the guy who wrote it is dead. I wonder if one day I know. He, he, died, you know? he ate he ate it, and he that's what <laughs> happened. Oh no! And and the and the coroner will not release the record. <laughs> release what he ate. In any case, um, so so psychological obligation gives something. So never just give a presentation worth. <laughs> 
where there's nothing. I mean, a technique that I love is like, there's three secrets and you give, you do a deep dive into secret number one. So obviously they're going to buy your thing to find secret two or three or four or five. So um, that's psychological obligation is number two. And number three is gauging your impact. So one thing that's really wonderful when we speak live is you can do the famous trial close. So you can say something like, um, you know, can you, wouldn't you agree? Can you see what that would do for you? Can you imagine if that happened to you? Am I right? And you're looking out at the audience, you want them nodding your head. I guess in copywriting, you can do that too. You can make it super conversational, can't you, David? Well, that, that's what we do. You know, one of the first lines in my book, Breakthrough Copywriting, is copy is the spoken language in written form. Yeah. So, I mean, isn't this wonderful that we're like kindred spirits discovering one another? We are separated <laughs> at birth. Yes. Brother and sister from a different mother. Okay. Right. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's really interesting. Now, let's move on to um, another thought. And it's really valuable, too. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, so, I have this credibility builder about you that I wanted to wait a few minutes into the show about. Uh, your voice, your voiceover on an infomercial sold $50 million worth of topsy tail hair gizmos on direct response TV. Now, my girlfriend knew what a topsy tail was. I didn't. And of course, Nathan, with his closely cropped and very <laughs> suave hairstyle, wouldn't even need a topsy tail. Um, would you please tell the uninitiated what a topsy tail yeah. is? And tell us a so, a, a topsy tail is a plastic hair gizmo that was all over television. I guess it was in the 80s. And the commercial sounded like this. If you're getting bored with your hair, don't despair. Now there's an exciting new look with topsy tail. And what this plastic gizmo <laughs> did was it took a simple ponytail and turned it into a fabulous new hairstyle, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you could make updos and elaborate things. And it, it, it was a piece of plastic from China that they sold, I don't know, you know, for, for 1995, but wait, there's more. And, you know, you got to get in zoom knife and the whole thing with it, but yeah. it, it really, I, it struck a nerve. I don't know why. And it, it just sold like crazy. And I didn't get royalties. Is that crazy? Oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah that, but, that is crazy. Yeah, what the heck? I, I guess the reason is the only thing worse than bad hair is boring hair. That's right. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's a good quote. The only thing worse than bad hair is boring hair. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I think with the topsy tail, $50 million, I mean, everyone ought to let that sink in. And I, I would think a cheap piece of plastic that sold for 20 bucks, pretty high margin on that. So yeah. somebody made a lot of money. Sorry it wasn't you that time. Yeah. Uh, okay. But you've told me when we were getting ready for this that you attribute some of this, ma- well, of course, some of it's the script, but the, with the voice isn't right, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you attribute some of the massive home run to your ability use the four vocal influence types. Yeah. Um, so, so that's something that I developed after I did this topsy tail thing and I started talking about it to my business friends. They were like, you did what? You spoke for 60 seconds and you sold $50 million of product. How the heck did you do that? So uh-huh. I sat down and I deconstructed everything that I do as a voice talent behind the microphone to sell products and services that quickly and that effectively for my customers. And I realized that there are, in fact, four, what I I call them, vocal influence types that we use over and over again. And this is what I've been teaching my 
uh, business clients and the people that I'm working with with their persuasive speaking skills. Let me, let me interrupt you for a second. Sure. You don't mean there are four different types of people. You mean each person has four different ways of using their voice. Is that yeah, right? that would be a better way to say it. And let me t- tell you what they are. So there's the charm voice type, which is the voice type that you would use to break the ice and to warm people up. There's the enthusiasm voice type, which is pretty self-explanatory, which, you know, it has all that energy, you know, it's, it's like that. There's the trust voice type, which is extremely powerful. And that would be to overcome objections. And even right before you make the pitch. And then of course, there's the authority voice type, which is, here's what I want you to do next. Wow. Can I explain and talk a little yeah, bit about please. how they're, how they're done? About Yeah, so, so these voice types, basically in voiceover, we have two vocal placements, broadly speaking. So you have the vocal placement that's in the facial mask, which you liked because you, you told me you sing, right? What kind of yeah. singing do you do? Nathan, what kind of singing do I do? I don't even know. <laughs> it's it's kind of like uh, what used to be counterculture music back in the 60s and 70s and is now played in Walmart as you're kind of like that jingly. <laughs> it's good, though, because you make like progressive rock. Are falling or... out my head, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, you can watch some of the commercials that David makes for the podcast and you can see, hear some of his talent. There. Oh, that's great. Wonderful. Yeah. So, so singers know that for the best sound, you place the voice in what's called the facial mask. Now, what mm-hmm. is the mask? The mask is the area that stretches from the sinuses to the larynx. You visualize an inverted triangle imposed over your face. Mm-hmm. So the thing is that sound carries on resonance, not volume. So the way you're going to sound your best, your voice will be strong, it'll be healthy, it'll be deep and rich or, you know, just pleasant to listen to is when you re- when your voice is placed in your resonators, well, whether they be your sinuses, your nose, your mouth, your... What, what I did was I put together what you said, you, I know I remember you said that on the Agora Copy Call and Dan Rather has these amazing interviews on Axis Cable TV. Oh, I love those with all the rock stars. With all the rock stars. I and love sometimes those. he would get them to sing a cappella or just with right, the guitar. Right, right. And I was noticing you could literally see them get into the mask to sing. And I thought, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm trying to use my trust voice. And that's a bad <laughs> idea. For, yeah. I mean, for some songs, it might work, but for most of them, you really want to get out oh. there. So. You have yeah. to start. I sing too. I mean, I, I love jazz, the the Great American Songbook, and I've I've tried to be a jazz singer, you know, in my living room. So yeah. I, the way you always warm up is you want to put, you want to hum to start. Mm, mm. You want to like keep everything really loose. Mm. So for a speaker, a great, really quick, and this is something everybody can do and should do every morning in the shower. Hopefully, you're taking a shower. Uh, is like this mm, one, mm, two. Mm, three. Try those, David. Let me hear. Mm, one, mm, two, mm, three. Yeah, that's pretty good. So that's that's really the starting point for your for your speech, and that's the forward placement where, where the enthusiasm and the authority voice are placed. Now, if you want to sound warmer and more intimate, for the trust voice and for the charm voice, you pull the voice back. So like right now, can you hear the difference? So like oh, right yeah. now, I'm using what they call a whisper tone. And yeah. when we're behind the mic, we, we use this a lot, this tone a lot. And in speaking, you should use that for variation. 
So like if I come on, I'm like, hi, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Now I've got some things that are really important that I want to talk to you about. Have you heard, did you hear the difference between the two? And both, you know, yes, there are times where you have to start with enthusiasm and really pump people up, but there are other times where you bring your voice back. And so for trust, you want to really bring the voice back, uh, soften it, bring it, and and use very receptive body language. For charm, you're just a little more upbeat and friendly. Uh, the imagery for the trust voice is as if you're laying a hand on somebody's shoulder or on their back. The imagery is huge too, that, that we use that a lot in our work as voice talent. We're actors, but we're, we're in a very focused, tightly focused area, which is right behind the microphone. When, when I think of the, especially the charm voice, well, when I think of the charm voice, I think of Bill Clinton. When I think of the trust voice, yes. I think of Ronald Reagan. Yes. Well, great. Two great examples. And Reagan was so, super trustworthy sound, sounding, whether he was or wasn't was another <laughs> thing altogether. Another, I didn't know anything about Iran. <laughs> podcast. I, I, but believe me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, how about some more pro tips for narrating a VSL or a webinar? Oh, yeah. So this is, this is huge. And I am shocked that more marketers do not test voices on their VSLs. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just read the copy. They're boring everybody to tears. It's insane. So it's such a leverage point in your business. You get one of those things cranking, you're making millions. So how shocking that you wouldn't A, B, split test the different voices. So let's talk about that. So the first thing, if you're doing, I, I want to say first off, which is kind of bad news for me, in many cases, quote unquote, regular voices convert better than smooth voice pros. Not always, but sometimes. Do you know who Justin Goff is? Oh, uh, Justin's a friend of mine. I, yeah, I think I know the, the story you're going to tell. I love this story. Please. Yeah. So Justin ha- uh, had a webinar, a uh, VSL for a nutritional product, right? Mm-hmm. And they started out by using, pulling all these announcers in to do it, you know, deep voice guys. And then it wasn't working that well. And then Justin just put his own voice on there and the sales went insane. They well, just went insane. Yeah. A, a couple of things. He, he was on this podcast, um, maybe what was it, about six months ago, Nathan. Okay. And, He's a great guy. And I talked to him about that. His avatar is a 60 year old conservative, slightly aggrieved male. And Justin's what? 30, 32, 38. I don't know. Yeah. But he has that deep, flat voice that sounds just like that guy yeah you know? so they could write so but what do you do when you don't sound like your guy so <laughs> i did the i had this dilemma with a with a woman who is an executive at one of the agora companies and she wanted to test her voice on a podcast talking to that same dude of a vsl talking to that same dude about um it was parasites or something like that. So she wanted to like scare the bejeebers out of him and get him to buy the product. Mm-hmm. And, and the dilemma we had was she sounds like she's 35 years old. She just sounds young and she had no experience. So I said, look, we can't do anything with your voice to make you sound older, but we can give you, make you um, like smart girl, smart science girl, kind of like a Jodie Foster, uh, mm-hmm. Amy Adams character, where mm-hmm. they have those, those young women that are like super smart, they're linguists, they're scientists, and they save the world. So that's yeah. what we did. And it worked. 
Yeah, that that's that's you know that's the same level of subtle psychology. It's brilliant that that you're talking about that the copywriters use. I mean, it, it's going a level deeper. It's really think, and it's specifically on the same question: What message do I need to deliver in what way in order to get the person's trust and then get them? to take out their credit card and make them a customer. And not only that, but what are the problems here? What that I need to overcome? Yes. Their objections and then the object, and see with with the voiceover, you've you've always got, you've got a preconceived notion because the voice type will bring in all kinds of preconceptions. So how are we doing with time? Can I tell you a little, give you a few more tips about- uh, Oh yeah, yeah, please keep going. All right, so so the, the, the problem- that people have who've never done this professionally before when they go to record a VSL is a sudden terror and panic when the mic goes on and they feel, they describe to me, they feel as if they're speaking into a black hole because they're alone in a voice booth and the mic is on and it's like, oh my God, what do I do? Well, you have to what we do as voice talent is we're, we conjure up our avatar, as does the copywriter. So we're both in the business of conjuring up our avatar. And some tips that um, my clients have used is that I have them bring photographs of their avatar into the voice booth with them. Oh, wow. Actually, literally stick them in front of the microphone. What a great idea. When you're recording your VSL, you look the photo in the eye. It's extremely powerful. And in fact, probably when you're copywriting, you should have pictures of these dudes plastered all around your computer so that you can really, it's extremely helpful. And because, some people do. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So you have to always, and, and another tip you can try in recording a VSL, so you have another person you can stick in the room with you. So you're talking to that person and their job is just to make eye contact with you the whole time. Those things really, really, really help. That's, that's really great. So. Joe over at Agora, they have Grandpa Kirk. And I've actually started recommending that to my podcasting customers and clients is exactly what you said. Have an avatar, have a picture of who you're going to be talking to and just be looking at that, uh, that picture while you're doing your podcast. Mm-hmm. And that makes the conversation sound. So like as a listener, you can tell the difference, especially for a newbie podcaster, whether or not they have that. And it's, it's so weird that just a psychological trick like that has so much power on both your voice and your writing as a copywriter. So David, I'm going to like jump the gun here because you were going to ask me about what it was like to work with Howard Stern because yeah. I was on his show for a couple of years. I, I actually yeah. did the traffic and the huh? joke was in two years that he never let me do the traffic. Instead, <laughs> rope me into these elaborate skits and things and, and they would just beat up on me so bad, but it was, it was hysterically funny. Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't get too upset, but, but to uh, Nathan's point, when I would go into the studio and be on the air with Howard, he always, always had a person opposite the mic that he would talk to. It, he had mm-hmm. actually uh, two or three writers in there with him, <laughs> uh, yeah. sending him, feeding him lines all the time. Yeah. And one of those writers would always be right in front of the mic. So he would talk to that person alone and make eye contact with him. And that's what made him so, um, one of the secrets that helped make him so great. Well, I, I, I will make a confession on, on this show. I, when I, you say you're not on Facebook, so you wouldn't know about this, but I do promos on Facebook for the podcast. And so that they'll fit on Instagram, I keep them 
to less than a minute. And um, I, I have a, a friend also named Susan, um, also lives in New York, and she was a CNN anchor, and she just beat me up so bad one day when I had this music up at least as high as my own voice and no one could hear anything. And she said, let, let me just interview you and y- you can talk about what's on the podcast. And so you'll see a little clip of me. Uh, her name is Susan Rook Vittori. And, um, and you never see her because you don't, you only see me for about 10 seconds. So there's not a lot. And it's not like this where we have a conversation. I mean, it is a conversation. She's interviewing me, but I've found exactly what you're talking about to be true. And I, I'm thinking about it now. It's sort of like the, the difference between talking to yourself and talking to another person. Um, and the, the energy is yeah. entirely different in in your voice and your thinking is different too. Somehow when I'm talking to another person, there are parts of my brain that are asleep when I'm just talking to myself that wake up. Yeah. So we are made like communication is made to be a two way street. It's it, it, you have to have that energetic loop with another person. And so that is what makes copywriting so cool. Like when you really do it well uh, is because, and I think, Obviously, you got to do all that research. Again, it gets back to what I was saying earlier about conjuring up your avatar. And when we're, but when we're talking to other people, all of these types of tricks that we're using, like when we're recording, and right now, a lot of our, our listeners don't realize that even though we're doing a podcast, uh, we have the cameras on. So both of us have our webcam, the three of us have our webcams on. I see you, I see Nathan, you I guys can see, see me. the two beautiful paintings behind thank you. Thank you, thank yeah. you. So what that does is that really helps uh, that connection and people feel that. So in a way, we're, we're replicating uh, what the great radio shows do, like what, what the scene is in the studio. It's wonderful using this technology. Now, when you see Rush Limbaugh, um, and he, he does TV, and I'm not a big Rush Limbaugh fan, but he sure is successful. It doesn't look like there's anyone else there. Oh, they're there. You're not they're seeing there. them. They're, 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 just, off they're, they're off they're camera. camera. They're off camera. They're off camera, yeah. Okay. But he does make it seem like he's talking to the listener. You got to, or you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be at that level if you, if you can't do that. That's our job. Yeah. Okay, good. So your, your job these days, I'm sure you still have opportunities to do voiceover. Maybe you do it, maybe you don't, but you work a lot with clients. What do you do and how does someone work with you and how do, you know, how does, how does all that work? Well, first of all, yeah, no, I am still a working voice artist. I'm the telephone voice of Citibank. Oh, that's I'm the right. voice you get when you call the bank and I, I'm there saying, your account balance is $1 million and 47 cents, David Garfinkel. <laughs> that's me. So I, I'm still thank, here. thank God. They are a wonderful clients. Yeah. But getting back to what I'm doing with clients, how people work with me, it's custom. So everybody has something that they need and that they want, be it a presentation that's a big money maker and they really need a nail. So there's a lot of people that have presentations where millions are riding on their ability to succeed. Sure. Uh, and, and whether it be on VSLs, whether it be uh, on a webinar or whether it be face to face. So people bring me in for that. Uh, people bring me in, I'm sort of like the VSL whisperer in a way, you know, to tweak their VSLs. Mm-hmm. So I worked with, um, a client in the survival space and they had um their 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 
guy that was doing all of their VSLs, the very gruff voiced, strong kind of scare the bejeebers out of you kind of guy in that space. So I work with him with these vocal influence types so that we could, we could use, he had that authority voice type really nailed down. So we could layer in some of these other vocal influence types to get a lift in their conversions. So I do that. I, I mean, it's just a, a full range of things that people uh, want and work with me on. And if someone wants to work with you, what do they do? How do they okay. do? Well, you could start by going to susanberkley.com, S-U-S-A-N-B-E-R-K-L-E-Y. You'll see my book, The Persuasion Code. You can download it for free. You can call me in New Jersey at uh, 800-333-8108. What's you that can, number again? That is, that's 800 800- Three 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 eight one zero eight, or you can uh, send me an email voicepro at greatvoice dot com. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, Nathan. I know this is so much in your wheelhouse in so many ways. Do you, do you have any any questions before we let Susan go? I don't have any questions, but I do have to say that this has been a fantastic interview. It's been a little bit outside of what we traditionally talk about on the podcast, but especially because more and more copy is going towards VSLs, more and more copy is going towards um, actual video lead magnets, that if copywriters aren't paying attention to this, they're gonna, it's going to be at their own expense. So thank you so much, Susan, for coming on. And one more time, just leave your website for people to go in and uh, learn more about this. Oh, sure, Nathan. Thank you so much. Yeah, the best one is to go directly to my personal website because this is, you know, consulting work that I do. So it's susanberkley.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-B-E-R-K-L-E-Y. That's great. And <laughs> yeah, you know, um, in sort of the, the entertainment world, I think you'll find a lot of celebrities doing a lot of things that might not be approved of in old-fashioned Sunday school, but they say the only sin is to be boring. And, right? They do say that. It's true. And what you've given us today, for all the copywriters and all the business owners who need to start using social media to promote yourself, is you've given us a lot of really good ways not to be boring. So thank you for that salvation, Susan. Uh, it's my great pleasure, David. You are never boring. Oh, thank you. Never, ever boring. You do great stuff. All right. Well, thank you both. And until next time, make sure you're checking out the Copywriters Podcast for more episodes. And we'll catch you later. See you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so you never miss an episode. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.